0: Welcome to the LifeHouse Church Podcast. More information about LifeHouse and our senior pastors, Richard and Helen Kabakian, can be found at lifehouse.com.au. We hope you enjoy the following message.
1: Today, I want to speak to you about becoming a a dream chaser, about how to take hold of your dream. You know, when you're living in a nightmare, how do you you move into the dreams that you have and the dreams that God has uh, for your life? And I I want us to go back to the Old Testament, back to a story that I visited before with you, and that's the story of the prophet Elijah. We're going to jump into it in uh, 1 Kings chapter seven. The setting there is that Elijah, the prophet of God, has gone to Ahab, a backslidden king at the time, and he makes a declaration on behalf of God, telling him that there's gonna be no rain in the land for three years except at God's command. And he's saying to King Ahab, basically, God is gonna show you who the real God is and it's not the gods that you've started worshipping. After making that declaration that God then tells Elijah, you better go and hide. Go and hide in a Kerith ravine east of the Jordan and you will drink from the brook. And I've directed ravens to supply you with food there. The Bible says this, it's an incredible statement. While he's there out in the wilderness by a brook, ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning, bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. In other words, he's living the dream. He's got God providing for him. He's got God protecting him. He is blessed. But then, if you know the story, something happened, something that he hadn't anticipated, something that he never saw coming happened. And it says in 1 Kings 17, verse 7, sometime later the brook dried up. And there had been, as there'd been no rain in the land. Now, I don't know about you, but to me, that sounds a little bit like the year 2020. That sounds like everything just sort of shifted very quickly. Hey, for you and I, everything shifted very quickly. Way back in February, up until then, you know, we we knew what to do. We knew how to go to work. We, We knew we could go and visit friends. We knew that we could just come and gather at church and then suddenly, unexpectedly, everything changed. But the good news is, that's not the end of the story. Verse eight on onwards, it says this, "'Then the word of the Lord came to him, "'Go at once to Zarephath of Sidon and stay there. "'I have commanded a widow in that place "'to supply you with food.' "'So he went to Zarephath, "'and when he came to the town gate, "'a widow was there gathering sticks. "'He called to her and asked, "'Would you bring me a little water in a jar "'so that I may have a drink?' Now, as she was going to get it, he called "Oh and bring me, please, a piece of bread now again, so far, this is going pretty good he he's got his word from the Lord, he steps out on that word he, he meets the widow and she he must have had a sense that yep she's the one and and and, and it's all feeling a good like ah god's back in control but It then changes again with the widow's reply. The widow says, As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home, make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. I don't know if you've noticed or not, but oftentimes when you're following a dream from God, it often gets a lot worse before it gets better. And I want to encourage you, if that's how you're feeling today, I want to encourage you. It's not necessarily because you've done anything wrong. It's not necessarily that your faith has failed. It's certainly not that means that the devil's in control or the devil's bigger than God. What it means is God is taking you and I on our journey of faith. And that by letting us go through a little bit of pressure, He's actually teaching us dynamics and lessons and principles of faith so that we can inherit, so that we can move from nightmare to dream. Verse 13, Elijah said to her, "'Don't be afraid, go home and do as you've said, "'but first make a small cake of bread for me "'from what you have and bring it to me "'and then make something for yourself and your son. "'For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, "'the jar of flour will not be used up "'and the jug of oil will not run dry "'until the day the Lord gives rain on the land.'" So she went away and she did as Elijah had told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry. Listen to this. In keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. Hey, let's pray. Why don't you right now, wherever you're sitting, wherever you're listening, watching this podcast, why don't you just close your eyes, pause for a moment, Father, I pray that God, as we just lean into Your Word today, Father, we thank You that Your Word is alive, it is powerful. And our prayer today, God, is that all distractions would go, that we would lean in, receive Your Word, and Your Word would cause faith to rise in every heart, I pray, in Jesus' name. You know, this is an incredible story, isn't it? It goes from from nightmare to nightmare, but ultimately the prophet ends up in a a dream that would have seemed impossible. And the reality is when we consider this whole principle, we've got to understand God is into dreams. God's got a dream for your life. John 10.10 says that the devil has come to rob, to kill and to destroy. But Jesus said, but I have come that you might have life. And hey, he's not talking about just a survival kind of life. He's talking about what the Bible calls, the word there is Zoe, which is the God kind of life. And I don't know if you know anything about God, but God's a pretty good God. He's a pretty big God. He's a pretty abundant kind of God. And He's got a dream for you and I, just like He's got a dream for all of humanity. But we've got to understand that the dreams don't just fall out of the sky. You know, in the natural, we understand that. Proverbs 28 verse 19 says this, those who work their land will have abundant food, but those who chase fantasies will have their fill of poverty. I have a, a friend who's a very, very successful business person. He tells the story about how one day a friend came to him who was also in business and he said to him, boy, you're, you're so lucky. Like, you're so lucky. Everything you seem to do just turns to gold and, and your business has just thrived year after year after year. My friend told him the story. His reply was very, very simple. He said, well, all I know is that the harder I work, the luckier I get. See, there are things that that we have to do. We understand that. In the natural, if, if we want a great marriage, we have to do things. If we want great families, we have to do things. If a farmer wants a great harvest, he has to sow seed. And it's exactly the same when we talk about our dreams in God. God's purposes for our lives demand our cooperation, demand our ongoing development of faith because they do not just drop out of the sky. I've heard somebody equally just say, well, you know, you're just blessed. Well, were they just blessed or did they dare to believe and did they dare to take steps that would help them walk out of their nightmare and into a dream? See, here's the first thing I think we learn from this lesson, and this is that. If you're stuck in a nightmare but believing for a dream, you've got to maintain what I call a relentless hunger for the presence of God. One of the things I love about this story is what Scripture says Elijah didn't do. It doesn't say that Elijah panicked and that he he fell into the fetal position or he started crying out to God, complaining that the brook had dried up. He didn't panic. He he didn't race around looking for something to to dig into the, the sand of the dried up creek bed trying to find his own water to solve his own problem. It's fascinating. Verse seven says the brook dried up, but then verse eight simply says this, the word then, the word of the Lord came to him. You know, I think that silence says something. To me, it says that when the brook dried up, Elijah simply waited for his word. Can I say, God never holds back when we wait on him you might say to me, well, Pastor Dave, that's okay for the the great prophet Elijah. The prophet's always here. Or you might say, that's great for you because you're a pastor or it's great for a leader. But no, no, I wanna tell you this morning, God is waiting. God is longing to speak into all of our lives. And the incredible thing is today, there's promises all through the Word of God. When we lean into, when we have that kind of hunger for the presence of God, He never disappoints us. He will always Always be found by us and speak to us just at the right time exactly what He knows we need to hear. Jeremiah 29 verse 13, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart and I will be found of you, says the Lord. Proverbs 18 verse 17, I love those who love me and those who seek me will find me. Psalm nine, verse 10, those who know your name, trust in you. Listen to this. For you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. And hey friends, it's not just in the Old Testament. I want to tell you on the day of Pentecost, when God poured out His Holy Spirit, it continued the promise that whenever we seek Him, we can find Him because He's actually with us every moment of every day. Acts 2 verse 17, In the last days God said, I will pour out My Spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. And of course the great promise of James chapter 4 verse 8, come near to God and He will come near to you. Friends, I wanna say, we may not be able to come to church. We may not be able to lift up our hands in worship together in church, but this pandemic, if nothing else, has given us an incredible opportunity, every one of us, to set aside time to get into the Word of God, to set aside time just to sit in the presence of God and say, God, here I am, speak to me. I wanna tell you, if your dream seems too far, Far away, if hope is diminished, if you're just not confident anymore of what God is doing, I want to encourage you, use this season just to sit in his presence, because he's waiting for you, and he's got a word that he wants to share with you, a relentless hunger for the presence of God. But hey it also takes a partnership of faith. You know, Elijah, he, he received his word, he stepped out in faith. And the first thing that happened was that God connected him with a partner in faith. You know, the key to, to Elijah's breakthrough, the key to the, to the prophet's dream was who he was connected to. Nothing happened for Elijah until he was connected to the widow woman. And nothing happened to the widow woman until she was connected to Elijah. You see, God's into partnership. I wanna ask you a question this morning. Who are you in partnership with? Who are you connected to? And I don't just mean who do you know or who are great friends. No, who who are you connected to in faith? Who are you partnering together with in faith? Because God is into partnership. If you go right back to Genesis, you know the story there with Adam and Eve. And He says to Adam, when Adam is all alone, it's not good for man to be alone. He wasn't talking just to Adam. He was talking to all of creation. He was talking to you and I. And He's talking not just on an individual basis, but He's talking about community. He's talking about that we are created to be together that we thrive when we are planted in the house of the Lord, which is not just a physical building where we worship. Being planted in the house of the Lord is being part of a community, a spiritual community where there are people around about that are committed to you, praying for you, and they're cheering you on, and they're standing with you as you hold on to that dream in God. Aren't you glad you're part of a strong, healthy local church? Don't you thank God for Lifehouse Church? I wanna tell you, being connected into a strong, healthy, vibrant, contemporary church like Lifehouse, it's one of the best places you can be. But I wanna challenge you. Oh, I wanna challenge you, especially again in this time. If we've learned one thing from this season, this pandemic, being locked down, it's this. We are designed for community, but not just for fellowship, Community where we are able to come into agreement. Matthew 18, verse 19 to 20, Jesus said, Again, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. I wanna tell you friends, if you wanna see your dream, if you wanna take hold of the promise of God, move into that better thing that God has for you, make sure you're standing in agreement with someone. Husbands and wives, Pray together. Families, oh, gather your children around, mum and dad, and pray together. If you're not married, if you don't have a family, make sure that you've got a spiritual partner that you are praying with because your prayer together is powerful. And I tell you, it goes beyond your feelings. It goes beyond circumstances. Your prayer of agreement changes things. It releases faith. You know, one of the first things Sally and I did when we faced the reality of being locked down during this pandemic was realise we need to increase our times of prayer. We need to increase our confession of faith together. If I had another hour, I could stop and I could tell you the incredible things that God has done as we've just agreed to agree together. You know, if you wanna see your dream, if you wanna be a dream chaser, Make sure that you have a consistent confession of faith. I love this whole story. You know, it didn't get better, it got worse at first. Elijah must have been so confused at first when, when the widow woman that he felt was the one that God was directing him to, but, but she announces, well, I'm about to die. I've got nothing that I can give. But I love the fact he didn't walk away thinking he got it wrong. He actually spoke into what seemed like an impossible situation. And the words must have seemed foolish to anyone else that might have been listening at the time, but they didn't seem foolish to God. Remember what he said? She says, I'm about to go and die. But he said, no, 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 don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Then he says, for this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, the jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord gives rain on the land. Friends, I wanna tell you, don't be afraid. The whole, it seems like the whole of Melbourne, the whole of Victoria, and in some cases, nations, being dominated by a spirit of fear. But I want to tell you, that's not the spirit that God's given to you. That's not the spirit that God's put in the heart of the church. God says again and again in His Word, do not be afraid. And I want to say to people today, you're listening, you're watching online right now, God's saying to you by the power of the Holy Spirit, do not be afraid. But then Elijah went on and he made that confession of faith. Just do what it is that God is telling you to do. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, the jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry. What's coming out of your mouth? What's the confession coming out of your mouth? I don't mean while you're in your prayer closet. I don't mean you know, just while you're with those that believe. I mean, what's coming out of your mouth in, in everyday conversation. Some of you might know the story of my second eldest daughter. She married a, an American and uh, he's a lovely guy. And when, they, when they first started dating, people would come to me as the pastor and say, Pastor, you know, are you happy about this? You know, uh, is he a good young man? And my response to, him would, to them would be, look, I, I think he is. I believe God, uh, I, I believe he's a good godly young man. He says, the problem is I can't understand a word he says. See, he came from a part of America. His accent was so strong. I missed half of what he was saying. And the interesting thing about a natural accent is he left America a long time ago, but he didn't lose his accent. It didn't matter what environment he was in, what country he was in, what the atmosphere was in, he still spoke like an American. (laughs) See, that's the truth. To be a dream chaser, we've got to have the accent of faith. Every word that comes out of our mouth, no matter where we are, no matter what's going on, no matter what emotions might be going through our mind, no matter what doubts might be going through our mind, our accent, our words, need to be words of faith. And I tell you, those words are in your heart. They just need to come out of your mouth. And when they come out of your mouth, I wanna tell you, it shifts everything. It shifts the atmosphere of your heart. It shifts the atmosphere of those around about you. And it literally shifts the atmosphere of heaven. Heaven leans in to declarations of faith. And when heaven leans in, you know the devil flees. Here's the last thing. If you wanna see a nightmare turn into a dream, well, you just gotta sometimes do something a little bit scary. You know, the most important thing about a dream is some stage you have to get up. You have to get up and start going to work. It's like the principle I opened with, if a harvest is to come, you have to sow a seed. If a business is to be successful, you have to sow some finance. If you want to go out with that girl, you better go and ask her for a date. The principle is that all of those things might be a little bit scary. When you sow a seed, there's no guarantee. In fact, it just disappears and the drought may come. All kinds of things might happen, but you've got to sow the seed. When you make that investment into a business, well, you don't know whether it's going to succeed. You have to sow something in before you get the return, and it's a spiritual principle as much as it's a physical principle. Hebrews teaches us: without faith, it's impossible to please God. James tells us in James chapter two, verse seventeen: faith by itself, if not accompanied by action, is Friends, here's the thing. God dreams don't just fall out of the sky. We have to invest in them. Psalm 126, verse five to six. This is a scripture I've been meditating on recently. It says this, those who sow in tears will reap with songs of joy. Those who go out weeping, listen, carrying seed to sow, will return with songs of joy carrying their sheaves with them. Here's the point. Right now might feel like a season of weeping. Right now, things may be tough in your world. But no matter what we're going through, a season of weeping, a season of hardship, a season of sorrow, a season of pain. No matter what season we're going through, Scripture is telling us we can cry and we can carry seed at the same time. We can be doing it tough, but still speak faith at the same time. We can be feeling the pressure, but still take steps of faith that are gonna release the blessing and the favour of God. Don't be driven by emotion. You may be weeping, but we can still carry that seed. And when we plant that seed, God sees it. God brings a supernatural return in His timing, in His way. I don't know what it is that you need to do, but I can encourage you. When you start taking steps of faith, it's going to release new season. It's going to bring the close to your nightmare and begin the dream of God's blessing and promise over your life. God's into dreams. God's into his dream for you. You know, the gospel is actually all about a dream that God had for humanity. It's all about The fact that he saw what humanity was created for and even though it turned into a nightmare when man rebelled, he still held on to his dream but he had to do something and he sent Christ to die on the cross. And hey, it got worse before it got better. I can imagine the party in heaven, the night of the crucifixion, all of the demons in hell racing around, having a party, thinking they'd won because it got worse before it got better. But hey, how many people know the resurrection was coming? All they had to do was hold on. And in three days time, Christ rose from the dead and suddenly the dream that God had for humanity became a reality. I wanna tell you, every believer, if you're listening to me today, I wanna encourage you, hold on to your dream. Be a dream chaser. Don't be intimidated by circumstance. Keep pressing into the promises of God. Get a faith partnership going. Let the confession of your mouth be a confession of faith and take the steps that you need to take because God is going to take you on that journey. And I want to tell you, it's going to be a dream that only He could make possible.
0: Hi, I'm Richard Kabaki, and pastor of life House Church. just wanted to say thank you for listening to this message, and I hope and pray that you feel that it's added value to your life. My greatest desire is to see people develop a personal relationship with Jesus, which can begin by praying a very simple prayer. I'm going to pray that prayer right now, and if you'd like to begin that relationship, you can just repeat after me, Lord Jesus, I need you in my life. I choose you as my only hope of being forgiven. Please come into my life and let me begin a relationship with you that will last for all eternity. If you've prayed that prayer, we would love to know about it and celebrate your fantastic decision. You can do that by sending an email to mydecision at lifehouse.com.au